0: Lucanation, you're in for a treat for a myriad of reasons. You'll find out here on the next uh, 60 minutes here with Tanya, Shia Beautiful. But she runs a podcast. You guys always ask about F1. What's going on with F1? Is it a legit collectible market? Is it a kind of is it going to be a, kind of that boom and bust that we always see in the hobby? And Tanya's a resident expert. So she runs a podcast called Apex. She has a pretty cool co-host as well, which I really like. Marita, did I say her name right?
1: And Martha, one Marita. Martha. That's her name, one but Marita. it's Martha. Yes. Martha.
0: <laughs> I, I highly recommend uh, kind of pause, go check that out, and uh, return to this episode because we're going to bounce around in a lot of places, right? So your your sons are collectors. They love F1. You're a collector. Yes. Before we get into any of that stuff, the, the kind of the running theme of when I listen to your show is there's nothing like going to a race live.
1: You're correct. And thank you, Goldberg and Cage, for having me on the show today. It's a joy to be here. And yes, I love all things Formula One. And to go to a live race, have either of you ever been to one?
0: Never, never.
1: You guys uh, have to go.
2: <laughs> that's, it's definitely a no. I've never been to any, I, I'm trying to think of like, I was trying to make a joke about the horse last race I was at. Horse racing, no, yes. I'm... I've been to some horse okay. races, yes. All I've right,
1: horse horses. racing. So it's a little bit louder, a whole lot more horses.
2: <laughs> can you bet on it right there, though? Like, can you walk up to a window and be like, I want the 5-7 No. Bet on every single horse yeah, the No,
1: rest. No, you don't get that effect. You don't get right. that effect. But you get, like, the crowd and the sounds and, gosh, just cheering for your team and seeing the Tafosi, which the Tafosi are the Ferrari fans and the Mercedes fans and – Max Verstappen fans and, oh my gosh, Checo fans, they legit break out mariachi bands for Checo, okay? Like, they go all in.
0: (laughs) My experience with F1 was right after the drive to survive, sort of like – I I, I don't want to use this word, but I will – influencers flooded in. And Mm -hmm. I'm here in South Florida, and there was a a race in Miami last year. But because of everything that happened, the prices were just astronomical. I think it was like $1,000 for a ticket. So I was like, I, I, I can't justify that. But tell me, why should someone here listening, if they have a local F1 race within, you know, two, three hours driving distance, why should they show up?
1: I think it's because it, for me, it's the experience. If you love car racing, it's the pinnacle of motorsport. They go extremely fast. If you're a techie person, you're going to fall in love with the aerodynamics of it. And let me just try to, to the best of my ability, justify the price, OK? So when you go to an NBA game, or you go like to a hockey game, or even if you go to a NASCAR race, what you're paying for is day festivities, right? So you go in for that day, you watch the, whatever event it is. Well, with Formula One, it's different. When you're paying for those tickets, you're paying for three days. You're paying to actually meet the drivers on a Thursday. You're paying to be watching qualifying um, on on Saturday, and also them them practice on Fridays, races on Sunday. So it's three days of events that you're getting out of that thousand dollar ticket, or how much ever you want to spend.
0: Okay, and then the, yeah, the meeting the driver was legit. Why is it called <laughs> Formula One?
1: It Formula One is because it's the regulations of what a track needs to be what the the teams need to like how they design the cars and things like that About so that all rules. goes into yes the billion rules that they have that the faa changes on a daily basis whenever they feel like it that but was yes. me
2: checking the legitimacy <laughs> he gave you a three minutes he gave me she's an expert i'm like ah let's see formula <laughs> one. nice job she's,
0: yes you know, so- Got the stuff so <laughs> If we could go origin story and we'll come back to F one because I, I want to, I want us to matter to our entire audience, and then I want them to go and kind of check you out and follow some of this stuff to dig deeper. Yeah, everyone. A lot of people come to me and say, you know, I'm looking for my lane in the hobby, so to speak. Mm-hmm. How did you end up here? How did you find that F one was your lane?
1: F one or the hobby?
0: I would or feel, both. and this is assuming <laughs> I would feel that you would get into collecting. And Mm -hmm. then that would lead you to, you know, oh, look at, there's 2020 tops. This is a new release. I know about F1. I love this. I'm going to start buying Formula One cards. That's how I assume it would happen.
1: Well, actually, it was a little bit backwards. So my dad was in the Navy. He used to take me to air shows all the time. I love Top Gun. I love anything that's fast, Fast and the Furious, all of those things. NASCAR races. I've taken my children to NASCAR races, but... Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport, and then like I fell in love with like Lewis Hamilton and and like him being a seven-time world champion. So it was actually Formula One I was interested in first, but then I found out when I was collecting uh, the Topps Twenty Twenty project that Formula One and Topps had gotten to partnership with each other, and they launched Formula One cards, the TOPS Now cards. So that's was Project 2020, just to
2: decide, was Project 2020 that was that your first like jump into the hobby? You were buying yeah,
1: house. yeah, that's like legit my first jump into the hobby because the way that I looked at the project 2020 cards, I know everybody has their opinions about them. You either you love them or you hate them, but I loved the design, I loved all the artists, designers, artists that were in there, Sophia Chang uh gosh f dot Ben baller like i loved all of their art pieces mr cartoon for one he's designed a whole bunch of tattoos including tattoos for beyonce and lewis hamilton and i would never get a tattoo i don't have one but a derek jeter card made by mr cartoon i loved it it's just my own pieces of art that each and each and every one of these artists have done so that's how i got into project 20. and i still have all my cards I have not sold any. I did not feed into the hype of trying to to buy and flip. No, I collect what I love.
2: Uh, Do you have the whole set? Are you missing some?
1: I don't. I have every single Derek Jeter card. Every every single one. That was the main one that I really wanted. So I have every single artist of Derek Jeter.
2: Some of those Jeter ones in the beginning were selling for a decent amount of money.
1: They were. They were in the beginning. And so I was listening to Ben Baller's podcast. My dad was really, really sick. And Ben Baller started a podcast and he kept talking about his card because he was the first art, artist to launch a card in that series. And it got to maybe like, I don't even can't remember, like episode like five or six. And he kept talking about this dang card. Like, okay, let me go on here and see what he's talking about. So when I looked at his card, I started looking, I saw the list of like all the artists, like Don C. And then I looked, I saw like a Cal Ripken card. And I used to live in Baltimore. Cal Ripken is like everywhere in Baltimore. So when I started looking at like the artists, start looking at cards, that is what sold me for sure. So we
0: talked about this yesterday. It's an interesting topic. Uh, not yesterday, it was maybe last week, Cage. Remember it was like, how, when you entered the hobby, will color your outlook. Yep. I'm curious, like if we could get like a peek inside your mind, like coming in during Project 2020, that could leave some people really scarred being like, this was kind of crazy. These cards were like a few dollars and they shot up like hundreds of dollars and they came back down. How do you now two, I guess two years later, look back three years later, shit, look back at that and kind of color that experience as a collector?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like so long ago, right? When we were all stuck in our houses and we had to face our families 24-7, right? But the way, <laughs> the way that I think about it is I look at the community, all the people that I met. When I was in Clubhouse and it was just me and my kids and my mom, because my mom was here with me, in lockdown. I was able to meet people from all around the world and learn. I actually became a student to each and every one of those people that were in that room talking about the hobby because I didn't know about diversified assets. I didn't know about, oh gosh, the 1986 Jordan Fleer. I didn't know about any of that. So I literally got a crash course in the hobby those first few months of COVID. So it only, to me, it added And just for the outlook on the way that I collect cards, I'm always gonna collect what I love. I don't think, I never entered into it to turn a profit, anything like that. Um, The first project, no, what was it? The Topps Chrome cards that came out. My sister bought me that box for my birthday. I said, look, I only want one box. I don't care what's in it. It's Formula One. It's the very first Topps Chrome and you know the gods were shining down and my dad literally was shining down on me because i ended up with the auto lewis hamilton
0: wow. stop it 38 that's incredible whoa do you remember yeah. cage at the first national when lou and sasha Tominon were like scouring the entire floor yeah. to look for tops f1 cards do you remember yep. this hype <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I mean, listen, here's the
2: the takeaway that I get from this. And I know Fanatics listens to us, even though I'm the only person that has asked them real questions and not softballs. You want the softballs go on sports card nonsense. So here's the fun (laughs) stuff, right? So, so if you listen to what just happened there, I've always said that project 2020 um, would be taught in, in business courses for, you know, master's degrees at schools like Wharton and Harvard school of business, Kennedy school, Because of just the craziness that was all wrapped into that couple of months. The people who were coming in, the prospecting, you know, the supply and demand, then the return. Are you offering to teach the classes? I'll teach the classes 100%. (laughs) Think about it for a second, though. So you said, hey, you know, we we wonder about how people come in and how that's going to color their hobby. Well, Tanya came in at, at a difficult time and at a time where, you know, where somebody could have been soured to the entire experience. But... I think that the lesson learned there is you got to go after the people who came in for the right reason. She wasn't buying Tops 2020, Project 2020, for the flip. She was buying it for the artwork. She was buying it for the artists. She was buying it because this artist uh, did a tattoo on Beyonce. This artist, I listened to Ben Baller's podcast and he was talking about this. I got to get in this. Plus, I'm a Derek Jeter fan. So I'm going to buy all 20 of the Derek Jeter cards that are out there and I'm going to hang on to F F.Dots and I'm going to hang on to, you know, Ermzy and whoever it is. And I got them all. And I wasn't, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I could have sold, but I didn't get into it for the flip. I didn't get into it to sell it. I got into it because I wanted to collect. And that's who we should be targeting because look what happened. Then she was immersed in the hobby, researched, wanted to know what was so great about the 86 Clear, and then married the fandom with the collection and said, I'm an F1 fan. My sibling is going to go out and buy me a box of cards. But here's where what I was trying to say to Ben Taylor – SVP of marketing <laughs> where it matters. You can market great. You can bring that fan in. But if they open up a box of trash, they're not going to like it. If Tanya opened up the box. Now, it's not about the
0: hit. It's not about <laughs> the hit. Control that there's a Lewis Hamilton audio right, no, no,
2: But it's not about the hit, right? He, if Tanya opened that box. Those were cool Boxes And they didn't get killer on the price in the very beginning. And even if she didn't hit a Lewis Hamilton autograph, there were car cards, there were, you know, helmet SPs, there were different kind of cards. It was a new product. It was a cool product. It was launched the right way. And it was limited enough. That the F one fans, who were the only ones who really were into it at the time, got their money's worth, even if you didn't hit a Lewis Hamilton. It's not don't misinterpret what I'm saying. You get new people in, so you better get a great hit. No, it's not about the value of the box, it's about the product itself. L- Double lucky, they got a fan for life. If you got an auto out of fifty eight, a Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> yes. just in. that's it. Start a podcast. I buy, buy Lewis done. <laughs> Am I fairly kind of characterizing your your You are okay. That's
1: spot, good. spot on, Cage. And you're right. If I would not pull that Lewis Hamilton card, I would have been just as happy with a Sebastian Vettel. I would have right. been just as happy with a Esteban Ocon, a Pierre Gasly, a Kimi Raikkonen. And I still, <laughs> even now to this day, like when I look at the, the landscape of the hobby and I look at the cards that many collectors are trying to score, it's usually the Max Verstappens or the Lewis Hamiltons. And I remember I was in a room not too long ago, and I said, "Gosh, well, actually, last year, Sebastian Vettel is, oh my gosh, he is like one of the most remarkable drivers in Formula One, and he retired last year." And I'm like, "Gosh, Sebastian Vettel's cards were so underrated. Kimi Raikkonen's cars were so underrated." And you're talking about world champions here. Yep. Fernando Alonso huh. at the Bahrain GP, he scored his yeah, 99th great race. podium.
2: Great yes, great race for him. I mean, he got a little lucky in that race yeah. actually with uh, with one of the Ferraris. You no, know, it yeah. was actually podium ready. One of the Ferraris, you know, couldn't couldn't finish the race, so he was able to sneak up. But Ugh. he moved up, what did he move up? Five, five spots, I think,
1: Alonso. I mean he moved. He, like, he moved spots. up. He moved oh gosh. Spots, he, started, he, I think he started he started in fifth. Yeah. He, he started race. in fifth, and I think he moved up he moved up into three. To the battle third spot. battle towards the end with, with Lewis Hamilton.
2: He passed Hamilton. It was a nice. Yes, it was.
1: It was painful for me to watch. Okay, because they used to be on the same team. (laughs) Yes,
2: that's what made it fun. Yes. And if you I mean, Andrew, I don't I don't I've never been to a race in person, but just watching that on TV, which I did watch it live while it was going on. It's cool because Alonso was the opposite with his pit on the radio than like uh, Verstappen. Verstappen's very like robotic mm-hmm. and very like, "What are you guys doing?" and the DRS isn't working and blah blah blah. And Alonso's like, "Yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, we passed
0: him. Like, <laughs> he's like all happy
2: and you know, he's <laughs> cheering and you know, it's very it's fun to watch. But yeah, that's a him.
0: veteran. Who do you? Who do you um, so the one thing I learned is Verstappen's kind of a jerk <laughs> on the <laughs> on the to his crew. There
1: are. I will say this. There are a lot of people that do not like do not like him, not their favorite, but they're usually Lewis Hamilton fans. And there's a lot of Max Verstappen fans that don't like Lewis Hamilton because they're Max Verstappen fans. So I would just say that he is a two-time world champion. The first one was a little sketchy. In my opinion, I'm biased. I'm a Mercedes fan. But that stellar drive that he did last year, I mean, he deserved to walk away with the championship. And as for the first race at um, in Bahrain, he drove a stellar drive. The car is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. The team is working the way that it needs to work. Where the there are some King other has teams has no
2: chance. The Red Bull car well, is set up it is. so good.
1: It, it is. It's set up so good. Yeah, but they have reliability issues as you could see, right? Yep. <laughs> that they have to work on. But Fred Vasseur, he is he stepped in um, to take over Ferrari as team principal. So we'll have to see how he's going to be able to iron out those kinks. Uh, Mercedes, they definitely know what time it is. They wrote a letter to us fans basically saying, yes, we understand that you guys are just a bit upset because the car was not performing. And they so take that to heart. And I can really attest to that. When we were in Miami, Martha and I had a chance to meet Lewis Hamilton's engineer, the, the gentleman that Lewis Hamilton speaks to, Bono. And they did not do so well at the Miami GP. And when we met him, he was not smiling. We were smiling because he, we felt like he was a rock star. But the first thing he said to us was, I'm so sorry we couldn't deliver the performance that, that you really wanted. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just happy to meet you. These engineers, they take everything to heart. They're human beings. I mean, you know, when you have a bad day at work gosh, you you know how you feel. So imagine them every race day. They want to make sure that Lewis Hamilton and George Russell have the best performing car that they possibly can have. When that doesn't happen, it's a bad and, and day that's in the office. You,
0: that's how you win fans, right? Like that's sort of the the one knock on the NBA right now, even though it's doing so well, is like the load management and like the sideline fans maybe saying something and then getting kicked out. It's like don't alienate your fans fans and here the here's the engineer who talks to hamilton's like sorry we didn't deliver a performance uh yeah it kind of makes you i think it's endearing so to speak can can we i want to ask you one more thing about just general and then we'll go f1 cage i don't know if you remember this when we first started the podcast people were like texting us and messaging us like what's the best card to buy remember like what's the best card to do but you didn't go that route like nope. instead you went education you were you went clubhouse which by the way there's some heavy hitters on clubhouse uh, i'm learning yeah uh, yeah all three of them how did you i'm just like <laughs> <yeah>, fine <laughs> early on right early clubhouse bird i was gonna humor, say man. did
1: you attend one of our watch parties on clubhouse i mean clubhouse. you talk about clubhouse. Martha and ivy and heavy hitters Club, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure
2: i mean listen that's a good time we're gonna do a clubhouse soon andrew and i we're gonna get back to the clubhouse yeah Two part question. Like, how it's did you not decide the to...
1: same? That's not the same because
0: <laughs> we're not, but <laughs> how did you decide to go education, long term vision, and then turn that into, hey, I want to start creating content for this space? How did it kind of progress to that?
1: So, all right. So, as far as the content creation piece, it was so Martha and I, we started out with. Because I have to speak in two two different aspects. Okay. So me by myself, I was learning about the hobby. And I wanted to see who else in this community, hey, if I could get education on the hobby, who else in this community watches Formula One? So then I started going into rooms with people that watch Formula One. And that's where I met Martha. So after a while, we started like talking, doing like watching the race and stuff together. But then we wanted to be a part of bringing Formula One to the US market because you know, Liberty Media, Media is American owned company that took over Formula One from Bernie Ecclestone. So we already knew that this was happening. Miami was happening. We didn't know about Las Vegas yet, but we knew Miami was happening. And we were like, look, how about we help people just like you two who don't know a whole lot about Formula One in the US market come in. So we started hosting a lot of watch-alongs. Then that transpired into a podcast. And while we were working with another group of young ladies, I started posting content on their page. And we started getting a lot of positive feedback. And I'm like, wow, this is really neat. I, And just to back up here, as a dental hygienist, when covid first came out we found out that it was spread by aerosols i was in the house okay locked down i didn't know if i was going to have a job i didn't know how i was going to take care of my two kids but content creation was an avenue that i knew very little about but then i started seeing oh wow you can really you know make money that way but i'm like how long is that going to take so i still i i created the content cuz i loved it we we're religious in clubhouse rooms. Our clubhouse rooms sometimes last three hours, sometimes even four. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> because if it's a rain delay in Formula One, we're in the room. If there's a, a major incident on track and they have to clear it, we're in the room. We never leave, we're always there for anybody to come and, and talk to us. So that whole thing transpiring, I started when I pulled the Lewis Hamilton card and I posted it. That's when the hobby went crazy. That's when everybody was like, wow, you collect cards. What's this all about? So I started talking about the Hamilton card. I start to, the top snap cards that I collected. And that's when eBay reached out to me and they're like, Hey, would you mind going to the national in New Jersey and creating content for us? So that's how the whole thing started. And then after that, I continued to create content and then Snapchat. I applied to be in the Snapchat content creator accelerator program. And they said yes. And the the one reason why I did that was because Will Smith was backing the Snapchat program. And I remember a sketch that Will Smith did with Lewis Hamilton, where he stole Lewis Hamilton's car. So when I wrote to Snapchat, I told them, I said, I love Formula One just as much as Will Smith does. Now, I don't know if that's what got me into the program or not, hmm. but I just remember that how much he loved Lewis Hamilton and that the rest was history.
2: See, this is, I mean, a great couple parts of the story. Number one, we applied for the Snapchat, but I told them I was a huge Chris Rock fan and that's
1: probably why we didn't <laughs> nah, get it. No, that, yeah, that didn't work. Uh,
2: and then also, <laughs> we were going to do the eBay thing, but when they told us we had to go to Atlantic <laughs> City, we were like, nah. Why? Atlantic City, dude. I'll stay away from it. I'm never going
1: back. It's come up. It's come up. Yeah. It's come down.
2: (laughs) Terrible. Are you happy? I'm looking forward to Cleveland after that. That's how bad Atlantic City is. Looking
1: back two years. Two (laughs) and a half years.
0: Are you happy that you started,
1: Tanya? I am. I'm so happy that I started. And not for the reasons of the deals that I have gotten. It's because you two. It's because everyone that I have met from all over the world, it just, you know, I live in Virginia Beach and you can walk outside and feel like you're underneath a microscope. But when you go into a a clubhouse room on Sunday and Martha and I say, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, to me, I'm talking to people from all over the world, all walks of life too. And that has given me, and I've gained a lot of perspective When you look at Martha as a co-host, she's an extraordinary person, personal trainer. She's worked extremely hard. You know, she's a single mom, but she came from a third world country. She came from Zimbabwe. And for her to be able to go to Canada, be able to work the way that she's worked on top of the duties that we have to do with the Apex Takeover podcast and be a mom because her son's in college, it's just, it speaks volumes to me on the type of people that I've come across.
2: So, I mean, Virginia, the home of yes. uh, of Denny Hamlin, you didn't just stick with NASCAR. I mean, talk <laughs> to me about that, right? So, I mean, here's the, the, the fun stuff, right? There are people who love NASCAR, there are people who love F1. Is there a mix in between mm-hmm. or is it kind of like Montagues and Capulets? Is it like butting heads? What's the story? Can you like them both?
1: I mean, y- yes, of course. Oh my gosh, of course. So a lot of people do think that a lot of sports are tribal. In my opinion, they're not. There are some people – look, hey, I don't want to get into it with Eagles fans or Giants fans <laughs> and Cowboy fans, okay? We all know how that but goes. That's
2: fine. I mean, but... you talked about it. Though. McLaren <laughs> but... you know, has their fans. Mercedes has we their do. fans. You know, Ferrari people but... or Ferrari people. doesn't matter. I get it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would say that – I, I love NASCAR. When my, when my oldest was younger, we used to watch the shootout. I appreciate the people who came through NASCAR and paved the way. Um, when you start talking about Willie T. Ribbs, when you start talking about Wendell Scott, these are the men that uh, Hallie Deegan, you know, Danica Patrick and IndyCar, you look at what these racing series created. They created heroes. There is a little girl right now on a, a track, on a go-kart, and she is wishing, she's like, look, I'm Danica Patrick, and I'm going to go to IndyCar. And then you have Jamie Chadwick now, who she was in the W Series, which is the women's form of, of Formula One. Um, she's now going to, and she's now in IndyCar. So you just look at all what all these men and women have persevered in motor racing to have them... Be able to give back to the next generation as far as like encouragement. So I, res- I respect, gosh, IndyCar, NASCAR, IMSA, <laughs> Formula One, you name it. Because a lot of these Formula One drivers now are starting to go into different racing series. Can we write it in? He's in, going to NASCAR, Romaine Grosjean. Kevin Magnussen was in IMSA. He came back to Formula One. And Romaine Grosjean, he's having a, um, He's being—he's very successful in IndyCar, so, and so is Mark Marcus Erickson. So I do—I I respect them all. You, you have I mean? two two sons, is that right? I do, yes. I do. Have, have you?
2: Would you name? Of them, Jean Girard for the best person <laughs> ever
1: crossover. Cage, from- <laughs> you're you're close. They do have Js in their names. <laughs> both
2: of them. talking about you know people who cross over from that one to NASCAR. Hey, Jean Girard is my
1: she favorite. Is one. butter. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> have they asked you to
0: be to like go go kart racing? Have they like I don't even know what like the, the path is. Like, in basketball, you go to AAU soccer, you go play like right. travel soccer. What's the path? Like, have they shown that? desire to want to do that?
1: So surprisingly enough, so usually when you look at Formula One or any kind of racing, they usually start on karting as kids. I'm talking about like Max Verstappen and Pierre Gasly and Alexander Arbonne and Charles Leclerc, the whole, like all the younger drivers, they all karted together when they were like 10 or 11 years old. So usually you do that. Then A lot of barriers, there are a lot of barriers that come with coming into Formula One, and a lot of it is funding. A lot of it is sponsorship. So if you can secure sponsorship, you can go into like Formula Three, Formula Two, and then hopefully if there's a seat, Formula One. So that's usually the pathway there. At what age
0: are are 12-year-olds getting sponsored?
1: Well, Lewis Hamilton got sponsored when he was young. Yes, they can. Yeah. So when but the pathway i just want to be very distinct here with the pathway for girls and women it's not like that for whatever reason they run out of steam because of funding and they can't progress through but last year in october formula one they founded the formula one academy headed up by susie wolf and that is supposedly going to have a secure pathway for women to be able to get into formula one now it's it's fresh out the box but we don't know how long it's going to be, what's going to happen. But oftentimes women, they would have to go like through karting. And there's so many other racing series that they can go to. Like
2: Haley Diggins in the truck series, right?
1: Exactly. And, but it's something about Formula One, like they can't make the jump to the pinnacle of motorsport Formula One. So this F1 Academy is, is supposed to help facilitate that process to make it a little bit more easier for them to do that.
2: I only asked that I don't but, know, know a couple of these things because about the NASCAR versus the, because I mean my my local store had a ton of blasters of 2016 Prism mm-hmm. NASCAR and that's where I got Haley Deegan she's a rookie in there and there are a couple of oh, other Danica Patrick card. cards and like a whole that but it, it was like twelve dollars for a blaster
1: yeah Haley. Okay. yeah Haley Deegan um, she's badass for sure for sure yeah um, yeah, man. um so I have them I can go get them
2: I still have I got them graded. I sent them in. Well, I myself. want to
1: see the Halle Deegan one because yeah, I yeah, so Hallie. love her. She's awesome. Yeah,
2: Deegan. So, and, I mean, my kids in
1: it. <sighs> sorry. Oh, sorry. It's okay. So, my kids, because I want to answer the second part of your question. So, my children. So, my oldest one, he's twenty-two now. His tenth birthday was a karting birthday. I paid for all the kids to go go karting. Okay, so okay. he did it. But awesome. trust me, I'm a single mom. I don't have to, I don't have money to be able for him to be able to. Pre- progressed through karting back then. Now my youngest one, if you look at my Instagram or the Apex Takeover Instagram, I bought him a McLaren go kart for Christmas. Go <laughs> So to answer your question, yes. Thank uh, you, both eBay. of them love. Yes. Thank you well, not, no, Sam's. yes them too. <laughs> and and Sam's Club. But <laughs> but um yeah, so both of them they are they are they love to be behind the wheel.
0: Tanya's tomorrow. I say, I have all the funding in the world. We sold Lucas Tiger's bronze. We made all this money. I want to go all in and I'm going to make Tanya CEO of our race team. What are, Let's what do, do we it. Base? Do we recruit, you know, some of the best young talent out there and say, come on over? Do we invest in our car first? What are what are our first moves?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, you have to ask Andretti. <laughs> he's trying to come in and they will not let him so it depends on what racing series that you're talking about because formula one you gotta
0: ready in they won't let mario and into the it's even though he used It's to a race. cluster Man.
1: it's a cluster and Flor- ford's coming in in a couple years too so y'all look forward to that they're going to be partnering with red bull that's going to be interesting ford but Ford's coming back in? yes yes All ford's right. coming back in that's it. that'll bring mm-hmm. me back
2: in you know, I'm a little. See, I, they're look, trying
1: I, to do it right.
2: So do we go to six, man? The Le Mans, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. That's Ford versus Ferrari. I watched it with Ferrari. my friend the other night. Let's
0: so go. Do, do we do we go to Elon and say, hey, Elon, look, all your competition is getting into F1. Do you want to, you know, work with us with the Tesla factory yeah. and build?
1: We're gonna need all Elon's money <laughs> because it <laughs> yeah. is very expensive. <laughs> It was going to be very expensive. So, I mean, once you break down like the people from Formula One, the other teams, because they were basically blocking Andretti to come in. I mean, if if we can get past them, then it's like, gosh, you have to hire a lot of people that are very, very smart, that's able to engineer those cars. Because yes, you can have a Lewis Hamilton, but if your car doesn't perform, then you're not going to go anywhere as Haas. The other American team, so it it it's it's a lot, that's and a lot you have too. to think about Formula engine. One, it, right? That's what same. I'm saying. That's why we need Elon Musk's money because, I mean, even I don't you know I don't know not anybody's pockets, but it costs a hefty amount to be able to be yeah. in Formula One. So you saw
0: like so when uh, Curry went to the Warriors, they were like three hundred million dollars. Now they're you know five million nah. dollars. Are, are these businesses, <laughs> are these losing businesses like the Red Bull, does Mercedes, do they all lose money on this, on these cars?
1: Well, they have, see, they secure money from like many different forms. When you look at a Formula One car and you see all of like those different stickers for marketing and advertisement, that's how they get a lot of their money. And the team principles, they have to be very strategic in the partnerships in which they take. Because some of them are lucrative, like when you look at Rebels Car, they have the Hard Rock Stadium, they have Cash App, they have Oracle, you know, and those those companies are saying yes, we want to pay to have our stuff on your car, just like NASCAR. So Mobile One, but when you have companies, Tezos, yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the old. Now they have the Hard Rock Stadium on their the Hard Rock on their car now. But yes, all of those are dollar signs. Every single advertisement that you see on that car is dollar signs. So even if we have Elon Musk money, we might need to get Jeff Bezos money (laughs) to be able to put some stickers on the car to provide funding. Because it's a lot of technology. You know, technology costs money. It's a lot of technology that goes into these cars that, I mean, can easily evaporate a budget. Not to mention, you have to pay the drivers. Andrew, haven't seen the Well, room. I'm just looking at his
0: shirt, and he has like ten sponsors right there. But you got it. Mo- Mobile I'm, One, yeah. <Rush>. It's Probably <laughs> low, Andrew. But
2: I read, I read an article. I was looking this up, or I was trying to talk about it. Before. I remember I did like a George Russell video clip the other day. Uh, well, last year now, so I'll forget about the other day. Yeah, and I, it was like hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars spent on the car alone during the season. That's not the driver. It's not all. I mean, it's like with the tech that goes in the car, with building the car. I mean, t- they spend thousands of dollars just on gas during the race. You know what I mean? Like, it's,
1: it's, <laughs> well, you know I, mean? I mean, they do, uh, but not as much as they used to because it's a hybrid era. So now they <laughs> use the braking and stuff to recharge the battery. So now yep. that <laughs> they probably spend less, but the oils and stuff that they put in the cars are, are top are top uh top tier but then like i said it's just a lot of the technology that goes into it i mean a lot of the technology that goes into formula one cars translates into the cars that we drive today so it is like a science experiment on wheels like that's the reason why i love it i love all the technical aspects about it um, and then marketing too. So McLaren this year, they have marketing that is like digital marketing. That's like running over like the side of the car versus just the regular stickers. So they're always trying to push the envelope and, and, and do something new. Except I got a phone like one for Tanya. Yeah. yeah. People
2: listening to this who haven't got into um, to F1, haven't gotten into cards. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If they wanted to start, all right. You know, give me kind of like the it's so weird. You're you're Shia beautiful. I got Andrew beautiful and just ugly old Cage over here. But I, I'm just gonna call you Tanya. <laughs> so it's yes. it's it's would you tell somebody before you spend the money on the cards, make sure you enjoy it, make sure you watch some races, you know, get immersed in it, make sure you're a fan of a certain, you know, racer. Would you would you tell them that, you know, um You know, before I did a podcast, Andrew's like, you need to go and watch a thousand hours of podcasts and know that this is something you (laughs) want to do. I'm not wasting my time with you. He gave me like homework. Like, what kind of homework would it be? Would it be like watch a certain race? Would it be this? And then, assuming they do that homework and they get through it two part, where do you tell them to start? buy some singles of that person, pick up some bargains, buy some boxes. You know, What's the advice you give to somebody who's listening now and is like, you know what, she makes a great case for F1. I think I want to buy some F1 cards. I want to get into it.
1: I would say, because I'm a lover of the sport, fall in love with the sport first. Because you have, there's 10 teams. There's 10 teams. In each one of those teams, there are two drivers. So there are 20 people or teams that you can fall in love with, Okay. <laughs> So I would say, do your research there. Hey, start with Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive is an introduction of, and what I liked about it, because there are a lot of people that don't like it, but what I liked about it is, is that it gets into exactly who Daniel Ricciardo is, who Max Verstappen is, who Lewis Hamilton is, you know? And once you find a driver like, hey, no, I really like that Lando Norris, then you can go, and you can say, I want a Lando Norris card. Or you can say, look, I'm Team Tifosi. I can't have a Ferrari, but I like Ferrari. And then you can just go pick up a Ferrari card. So I think that you should educate yourself. Not And don't get me wrong. If you want to try to buy and flip and all the other stuff, you know the two cards, Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton. But how fun really is, that? <laughs> especially now,
2: I mean, the price is on them. Make it difficult for entry level to get in on either
0: of those. But did you ever, did you ever grade your your uh, Lewis Hamilton card?
1: <laughs> Goldberg, no, I have not. Um, <laughs> and I get see, this is the million dollar question. Like seriously, no, because no, because everybody always asks me. Listen, I will get DMs from people that I have not spoken to in months, and they will say, "Did you get that Lewis Hamilton card graded?" <laughs> no, but. I will say, and I would like to make the announcement on your show that, yes, I am finally going to PSA in Chicago during the National, and I'm getting Lewis Hamilton graded this year. There you
2: go. But not selling it. It stays with me forever. (laughs)
1: Look, my friend told me – My friend told me – no, he told a guy that was in the chat, like, "Hey, are you willing to sell it?" He was like, "You're going to have to pry it from her cold, dead hands." <laughs> That's
2: great, though. But that I mean, so listen. But here's somebody you know. You love the sport. You got into the cards, even with the you know Project Twenty Twenty doing what it did. You you got a card, and you and you know you found a card that you uh you know you're going to hang on to forever. After that box, do you continue to buy stuff? You open up other boxes. Did you buy singles?
1: See, well, I did. And the community, because I always go back to the community, has been so kind to me. There have been so many people who sent me Lewis Hamilton cards, who have sent me Formula One cards, and I, I still have them. So I really feel like at this point, I'm okay. I kind of like the things that I already have. But Jackie Robinson card would be nice. <laughs> Hallie Deacon card would be nice. So I guess I'll have to expand my collection in that way.
0: I can vouch for the F1 community, cage. Remember we were at the Chantilly show yep. and we went to uh, trade night and I spoke to one kid for maybe like an hour. It was the only person I talked to the entire trade night. And I said, cage, this kid, this kid is awesome, man. He is a uh, wish I could remember his handle on IG, but he was a wealth of knowledge. He was such a wealth of knowledge. From the first 2020 Chrome, there were a bunch of different
2: cars of the drivers. There was, you know, like, not just the Verstappen card, but there was also like, a you know, Verstappen with a helmet. Then there was Verstappen with each one of the races that he won. He has a Grand Prix victory for Verstappen, like different, different cards to build. Out right. and I remember picking up a gold, I think it's out of 50, the golds or 99, it was low number gold Verstappen Grand Prix winner, one of the races. There was this nice, and I paid $25 for it at the national. And so this was in Chicago like before, any I you know we had uh, you know a bunch of people on the show talking about F1, and I went to the Slab Stocks table and they had that little kid working there with them. Remember, it was the whole Slab Stocks family. The dad was there, a the little kid, and I gave it to the kid. I'm sure it's worth money right now. Verstappen. I just, I just <laughs> gave it to him. I gave it to him. So it was the only F1 card that I owned that I gave it to him. It was a, it was a cool card, a gold card.
1: I thought that you were going to say, like, I held on to it. I, you know, uh, it's it, They had know, a kid sitting. working. So okay. I was like, here you go.
2: I like giving, you know, kids work. like The other night, I the interns who were videotaping, I threw a box of Donkey Kong cards at them. You
0: know? You try to, you know that Literally I, threw it. it. I did. <laughs> Let's say your your youngest comes to you and it's like, hey, you know, I want to start creating content on the internet. What are your – I don't want to say three rules. It could be five. It could be a one. What would you like now looking back and having this experience? What would be like your rules of success to starting to create a podcast or a show for the internet?
1: You better love it. You better love it.
0: She's looking right through your
1: soul. there are going to be times. (laughs) Yep. There are going to be times, and of course you two know this, there are going to be times where – it's going to get hard. It's going to be difficult. You're not going to have inspiration. You're going to be tired. You're going to have second thoughts of, oh, gosh, did I already talk about this? Do I, do I still want to talk about this? But if you love it, you will be willing to do it for free. You would be willing to talk to anybody about it. And when you do talk to somebody about it, they see the passion in your face and in your eyes and your smile when you talk about it. And that is what is going to sell the content. Not necessarily how many followers you have, but when you are talking about it, like I talk about Formula One, how it just lights you up. And to me, well, there's a whole bunch of things that you shouldn't do. But to me, if he is going to be a content creator, whatever he's creating content about, doesn't even, doesn't matter. He can make Legos because he loves Legos. Hmm. He killed my Dyson because of Legos but
0: <laughs>
1: as well. but yes please love it
2: what's he's the got two here he's got a build you see that we got the Millennium oh Falcon
1: cool see a little,
2: little
0: like stadium yeah. under there we got right here <laughs> yeah my diet-in. Diamond- did you buy like Is was there f1 legos is that is that stupid question Or there yes
1: they have a they have a mclaren lego set oh my gosh it's so cool cage has okay. it like, slightly yeah, easier but I know. question. What's your, <laughs> what's your dream car?
0: It could be like the McLaren race car, or it could be a McLaren in real life, or it could just be a... Oh, like your gosh. dream car? You could, you that's want to, not that an cool?
1: easy question. That's so not an easy question. Um,
0: Do you have more? Very cool, <gasps> Cage. Yeah, Cage is 44, oh. and he still plays with toys. Look. it's
1: okay. No. Impressive. Those are my those <laughs> wow, toys. That's different.
0: I love it.
2: There you go. How long did it a...
1: take you to do that, Cage? This is Ian. Forty-four minutes.
2: It was an afternoon. My son did this one afternoon.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Mercedes yeah. has one too, by the way.
2: <laughs> we almost bought a Ferrari. Um, the other the other night was a he. He's like, we got. I don't know if I want a Ferrari. There's a Porsche 911. I took a picture of him, a couple of them. So I told him, I said, listen, before we buy more, he's got the Camp Nou. I'm gonna say it wrong. The Barca mm-hmm. Stadium. Okay, camp it. new, <laughs> camp new, camp old, right? camp now. Uh, he's got the Millennium Falcon to build. He's in the middle of building all kinds. I don't know, he's got too much. To, I told him, you got, he got to oh, him.
1: I love them in the Millennium Falcon. So he's like straight Mando, yep, yeah, and Grogu. Oh movie. my gosh, I mean, got, I got a Black Panther, the Razor thing. Crest. Did you get the Razor yes, Crest? Yeah, he built that. Oh gosh, that's, that's,
2: that's awesome. Like Let's head the to Eiffel Tower.
1: Sorry, oh, I'm sorry. The- I'm sorry. We can't say the razor crest. Well, you know. You so this you is the reason why them. I don't have a I don't have a Dyson anymore because <laughs> I have a seven year old and I was like, I was, he, I he was built Legos them. and then
0: he vacuumed them up.
1: No, I no. He actually opened up the Dyson and stuck the Legos in there, and then when I went to vacuum, it wasn't look. And you know, Dyson they pride themselves on it never loses suction, right? So I was like, "Why is my vacuum cleaner losing suction?" So I open it up, and out comes a whole crap load of Legos. Oh, he was no. in trouble. No. <laughs> oh, i not gonna let so you. So, RIP to What's the Dyson. What is your dream, dream car? Is? Oh my goodness! So, dream car. I. It's so hard. I'm a mom, so I'm going to have to keep it pimping with a G wagon. I want a G wagon. (laughs) (laughs) I want a G. Mercedes. (laughs) Like white. White. Yes.
2: Lewis Hamilton, keep it at Mercedes.
0: Brand new. LH 44. I like
1: it. Top Gun Maverick or the
0: original? What's better? Oh, my goodness.
1: The original.
0: The original. There's nothing
1: like Val Val Kilmer when he had on the glasses and he was holding the award and he had that hair. Oh, my gosh. Val Kilmer. Mm. You like the heel. I had a thing for the
2: the the Iceman. I know exactly what she's talking about. (laughs) Andrew likes slider. It's weird.
1: (laughs) You like slider? What? No, Iceman all day long.
2: Yeah. He's more of the slider. That's his personality.
0: (laughs) Today you posted race week, right? It's race week. Yes. What it does is. that mean? And as season's kicking off, what should people look out for?
1: So it's time to gear up for the party, Mister. That's that's what race week means. Let's we are go. going to Jeddah, which is a high speed track. And okay, so last, so two weeks ago, they they struggled really bad, like with with tire degradation. And this track is all about speed. So we gotta see, we gotta see how the tires behave. We have to see. We also have to see what Mercedes is going to do. Now, are they going to bring some upgrades or are they just telling us they're going to bring upgrades? I think that they might end up with some sort of side pods, I don't know. But that is what race week all entails. We are looking forward to what is the, what are the cars going to look like? How are they going to perform? Any drama that's going to go on with the drivers cuz oh my gosh, every single day is something different with one of these drivers. Shout out to Lance Stroll though. Like he sandwiches and Mercedes at the end and he was just recovering from like broken wrists and stuff. It's like, who does that? And, and you so, have to drive. That's like, and I, you have to drive. Yeah. So shout so out this to my
0: This might be a stupid observation. So you could tell me if it is, but I saw uh, Lewis Hamilton tweeted something where it was like, I apologize to our fans that the car isn't up to standard, something like that. Is that the equivalent of LeBron James going and pushing putting the feet to the fire of ownership to get a trade? No, like you have to improve the car is is the way I interpreted that. If I, if you're oh, gonna give me a chance to
1: win, you got to interpret. You got to um, oh, in that car, aspect, same- yes, yes, Goldberg. In that aspect, yes, you can. If you could put Lewis Hamilton in a very poor performing car, but he's not going to win championships. There are two championships that are in play. There's the constructors' championship, and that is where car one and two of the same team where they finished throughout the year. Their points are combined and that's how you win the Constructors' Championship. Now there's Drivers' Championships is where the driver finishes at the end of the year after all the points are accumulated through every single GP that they participated in. And with, in the case of Lewis Hamilton, we want him in a very good performing car because we want him to be eight time world champion. <laughs> that's what we want. And as you can see, he did his best to defend Fernando Alonso. He did, but he couldn't because he didn't have the machinery. And like you said, with him making that comment, with Mercedes coming out with the statement that they did towards the fans, they know that where they develop the car is lacking. So it's not just driver and machine. All those beautiful minds that are at those factories, they all have to come together and they have to design something that's wonderful and amazing, like the damn Red Bull car. It's truly the like the <laughs> ultimate team sport. It's like the people
0: in the lab, the driver. Cage, what did you tell me? How fast did they take
1: all the four tires off and put them back on? How fast did pit stop? I
2: don't know. did Do they have one.82
1: 1. Oh. 1. seconds? What? It's very yes fast. yes. <laughs> I will mean, be sense. posting a video. It's yeah, like a car so look out for my video. She was too yeah, fast. no, I have a video talking about Red Bull and their fastest pit stop is 1.82 seconds. Yes. And the longest pit stop is Valtteri Bottas of Mercedes because they tried to take the tire off and they couldn't. They had to ship it back to the factory to get the damn tire off.
0: That's embarrassing. That's, that's so <laughs> bad. You have one job to do. Uh, Cage, unless you have any final questions, Tanya, can you tell people, I know I mentioned in the beginning, but like where they could find you and follow you?
1: Yeah, Sure. Kate, do you have anything else for me? You want to show me no, the No, I mean, uh,
2: listen, th- th- they got to get the bounce in on the control. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a long season for you and Mercedes. I mean. They put hydraulics in the car by accident? No. No. I mean, we can get no. it. Tonya, explain to them what porpoising is <laughs> and, and how a Mercedes <laughs> so, team is.
1: So last year when they came out with the new regulations, um, so porpoising is the bouncing back and forth, you know, yep. and it like is because. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and it's because they have to create. They have to run a lot of down. They want downforce to be able to stick to the track to be able to go faster. But when they were doing that, there the floor of the car was compromised, and there were a few other things in the car that were compromised. were were causing them to go back and forth like that. I mean, to the point where their jaws were hurting, their backs were hurting, and the overall design of the aerodynamics was causing them to porpoise. Red Bull, they got it right after they did the um after they did the testing so all of them pretty much started out some people were por- porpoising worse than others but mercedes like they just had it really really bad but as the races progressed a lot of the other teams got a handle on it faster and Mercedes didn't and that's what you see in Drive to Survive yeah. <laughs> Total Wolf like losing his shit but this year they I feel like they did get the porpoising under control cage okay? I don't think that it's as bad but it's is being able to make it a rocket ship. We need Mercedes needs a rocket ship. Red Bull is already to the moon. We're yeah. still trying to blast off. <laughs> Earth. Well, I don't think they have so, a yeah. prior
2: prior to O2, they had the they had the best engine too. I mean they had the fastest cars and, and now with the engine freeze. What they oh twenty two they did the engine freeze. I think it runs to twenty twenty five. But now with the engine freeze that they have to twenty twenty five, I think both Red Bull and Ferrari's engines are actually better than Mercedes. They got the they got the balancing problems. I just think it's a tough year here. I, I just it's just me.
1: So like I so reliability of the Mercedes engine, and let's start let's talk about the reliability of the Mercedes engine. They couldn't run so last year they could because of the porpoise that we were talking mm-hmm. about, they couldn't run their engine as high.
2: Right. On the so, W13, right? On the 13. So yeah. they tried to switch it on the W14 yeah. model, right?
1: Yes. But that was because of all the aerodynamic problems that they were having. They know that the engine is liable. In the race that you saw in Bahrain, mm-hmm. who else has that engine? Aston Martin has that engine. Yep. However, mm-hmm. Aston Martin's car looks more like Red Bull's. Yes. Where did Fernando Alonso end up? Where did Lance yeah. Stroll end up? Yep. So that is a major dilemma that Mercedes is going through right now. And I know they are because they're like, shit, they have our engine <laughs> yep. and now their drivers are beating us. So what the hell are we doing? We have to do something because we can't let somebody with a Mercedes engine beat us. So that's but what's going they on They have now, our
0: Robert. engine. Can you explain <laughs> that? They have our engine. They didn't take so, the engine. They created a similar engine yes. to Mercedes.
1: So, how much time do you have, Goldberg? No,
0: <laughs> well, I, I purposely, By the way, I structured. I wanted to get like the meat and the meat and potatoes in the beginning, so that F one yeah. fans, I know they're going to hang around and nerd out. So it doesn't matter. I, I think this is, this is good. Okay.
1: So, and you know, I'm smiling from ear to ear. So you know, I don't mind, right? You love this stuff. So, <laughs> so as far as the technical like aspect of the case, car, you'd and remember, see, and that's what I'm talking about. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about cars though. And no you're one's learning asking. it from a woman.
2: There we go. We go. Women, men, who cares?
1: <laughs> so, about the cars, remember I was telling you about the constructors and actually the driver's championship, right? Yep. So, you also have to look at engine manufacturers. Okay. So, in the case of Mercedes, Mercedes also provides engines, Ferrari provides engines that. for other teams that are on the track. Example Mercedes provides engine for Aston Martin. The Mercedes engine, of course. So, in the case of Ferrari, they provide engine for Alpha Romero. Mercedes is also provides their engine for Williams. Is this, for this Williams. the cost, real quick? Just a- well, no, because when you go into Formula One, you have certain, you know, manufacturers of engines. Okay, that's something that life just has to happen. Like, yeah, I mean, you can come in as your own engine manufacturer, and of course, Ford's now come is going to be coming in in a few years. But yeah, is those Red are Bulls the, the own... engine providers. Red Bulls yeah used to be they used to be they used to be Honda, they used to be Honda. and then they got the intellectual properties. and now they're doing their own engine, an energy drink, but they're doing something right though, right? <laughs> but yes, so that's what that's what me and Cage are talking about when we talk about the, the manufacturing of the engines.
2: And they have so many rules. I mean, you talk about the formula rules, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure next year's car, at least the engine, has to be signed off on by like April. So, like, you
1: know, I don't know the exact time frame, but yes, it is, that window is closing on the engine, and then also to Goldberg, like before before the cost cap. Now they have only a certain amount of money that they can spend for development and 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 everything else doesn't include the driver salary, but development, developing the car. And before it used to be, you know, you spend astronomical amounts. And that's what Mercedes did, they spent a lot of money towards development. But now that there's a cost cap, they have to do so much more of this exploring of what makes the car go faster on a budget. So that's another thing that they're that I think that they're struggling with too. Is that now, now you don't okay, have the these astronomical the amounts and endless amounts of money that you can spend to develop a car? Uh-huh.
0: No more Yankees buying a championship. You actually have to run yes. a good team with a budget.
1: Yes. I like the Yankees, but yes.
0: <laughs> last question, and I'll, uh, I'll let you go. I mean, I don't know all the roles in the like, last question. Will they go to Side Pods and
2: run a traditional car like mine? I
1: don't see. Look, oh my gosh. It is so – they don't want to. I'm telling you. They do not want to. They are on strike with the side pods. They're like, no, oh, no. They We're designing our own stuff. We do not want to go and be the same with everybody else. But they might have to. We don't know. We'll see.
2: All right, David, that wasn't your last question. But I knew you would enjoy answering <laughs> it, so go ahead. <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll switch that. So, like, well, before I fly – I don't hate flying. I hate turbulence. I have a friend who's an electrical uh, mechanical engineer. So he's texting, like, how does this work? And he's like, don't worry about it. Turbulence is fine. We always – stress test stuff you cl- clearly love this stuff did you ever yes. want to get into engineering did you ever want to go that route or are you just sort of like I-, I just love it as a fan don't turn your passions into professions <laughs> smart
1: well i wanted to be an astronaut when i was a kid um then the challenger blew up so that was a no-go <laughs> <Change> <laughs> yeah of course so that was like a no-go that? <laughs> yeah like that it's still devastating now, like me being the age that I am like that was that was very devastating to us <laughs> who were around in that in that era that in that time and space. Yeah, that was I was My much average. younger, but I, I still remember that. I still remember that. So I was like, I that's crap, you, that really? idea. Oh, they yes. they wheeled. I remember the game, I school,
2: They wheeled a, a TV in to show us in elementary school. I remember it's like loud, traumatic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's They did. It was the I'm most. Sorry. I'm telling I'm you. Like, see, look, Cage, you still remember that? Oh, yeah. I still oh, remember. I yeah. was way much younger than you. It so it after Krista that, McAuliffe? that
2: was was that her name, Krista McAuliffe? the, the teacher. Yeah, the, the teacher
1: law? that was supposed to go up and teach <laughs> in space. Yes. And look, they didn't do that shit again, did they? No. <laughs> Me, do not. Well, next, next well, is going to be a dental hygienist. They're bringing them up to the
2: the space, the, the universal <laughs> space station, right? they going to bring all okay. the.
1: Look know. now, now let let's be clear here. <laughs> Elon Musk has something going on with SpaceX. So I, I'll go. I'll go. That seems pretty reliable. But
0: <laughs> you would you but, would still um, go to space? You would still go?
1: I look on Elon Musk. Yeah, on SpaceX, I would. Why Did you didn't see how they Elon they, Musk, they said, land? Let
2: me tell you the mistake you made with well, partnering with eBay. Should have went with whatnot, and you could have been in space already. <laughs> are
1: they sending people to space? Yeah, I that was the, sign up if the, they the promotion <laughs> last year. I think, right? Wasn't it Andrew to the
2: moon? Right? It was like the what whatnot to the moon promotion. They like they were like sending people to out of space. Oh
0: gosh, i pretty sure people wanted them. And them. that, that daggone. Cage, it might have been on. Are you the sure they weren't talking process, about Doja they Coin? It.
1: <laughs> it They're be. talking about Doja Coin. Maybe
0: Doja
2: Cat. I don't that's know what they were talking about. One of the yeah,
1: something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So no, that was a that's. So yeah, me being an astronaut, I really wanted to do that until yeah, I saw a Challenger blow up, and then no, I just I wanted to go into dentistry. I love it. I love going going to work in scrubs and educating people. And I started out as a dental assistant too. So, and I had my kid like when I was really young. I was like 18 years old when I had my kid. So I was like, look, I have to do something that's going to be able to make money and then I don't have to go to school for a long time. <laughs> So
2: you could do an entire three, comedy three act about the dental hygienist because they do all the work. Oh. Dentists they collect the money and they send their kids to the private riding academies. The dental hygienist does everything. Dentist comes and says, "Oh hi, uh, you can make your appointment over there." And uh, <laughs> says, Every, Tanya did everything. Everything's okay. You, you do all of it. Dental hygienist is the actual worker in the in the in the office. So
1: thank uh, you. I so appreciate that for the shout out to all the dental hygienists out there because he is right. <laughs>
0: 100%. Eric, <laughs> get home. Tanya, where can people find you online and what's the next show you'll be at?
1: So, people can find me online, Shy Beautiful on Instagram, Shy Beautiful instead of the L1 on Snapchat, and also TikTok, Shy Beautiful, The Apex Takeover with Martha and I. We will be in Clubhouse this Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you don't have the app, download it. You can also get on your PC too. Tap in with us. We love to hear everybody's theories, thoughts on Formula One, and we love everyone. If you don't know anything about Formula One, if you're an expert on Formula One, please come to our room because we want to hear from you.
2: Love it. And the, you're definitely going to be the National. Any shows yes, before that? Yes, I
1: am. I am. I'm going to be at the National. I'm going to South by Southwest tomorrow, but that doesn't yes. have anything to do with cards. But they are going to have a few panels regarding Formula One. So that's the reason why I'm going. Um, and yeah, so I'm just looking forward to a national. Oh, gonna be at the Miami GP. I am going there, and hopefully Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Yeah. Let's
0: go. Highly recommend following, interacting. Shy, and beautiful Tanya. Thank you for your time today, Luka Nation. Thank I you hope for you having it.
1: me. Yes, absolutely. Anytime.
0: <laughs> With nearly
2: 40 years as the most trusted resource for collectors dating back to the first Beckett magazine in 1984. Beckett has been the brand that bridges generations of the hobby. We're happy to be partnering with Beckett and look forward to keeping you all updated on the big things happening at the company in 2023. Beckett. It's the name you know and the name you can trust.